0: in the marketplace. We'll be back with you soon with some new episodes of Bottom Line Faith, but for now, we hope and pray that this episode will be of tremendous value to help you live out your faith in the marketplace. And now the show that bridges the gap between faith and business. Welcome to Bottom Line Faith.
1: Let your mind be transformed. There is there is much more to life and to you then you may presently know. Always look for that. Look for that greater opportunity that you're in the midst of, but you're not smart enough to tune into.
0: Well, hi everyone, this is Ray Hilbert. I am your host here at Bottom Line Faith. And this is the program where we get the opportunity to go on an amazing journey together. We travel all over the country and we interview some of the most amazing Christ followers who are business leaders, marketplace leaders. We hear their stories, we hear their successes, their failures, how their faith gets them through and has gotten them through on their amazing journey. And this is kind of what we like to talk about. This is the intersection of eternal business and real life. So we're gonna talk about faith on the program. We're gonna talk about real solution and real leadership and those things that God is calling us to accomplish as his followers in the marketplace. Well, I have to tell you, I am really excited today. I am in Nashville, Tennessee, and I'm sitting with Cal Turner Jr. You are going to be blessed as you hear this amazing journey of one of the men that God has uniquely positioned over the course of the last few decades in this country (coughs) to influence the marketplace for Christ. Cal, welcome to Bottom Line Faith. Thank you, Ray, I'm honored. Well, you've got an amazing story Uh, For those that don't know the name Cal Turner, Jr., you're associated with one of the most amazing success stories of business in American history. Tell us a little bit about that.
1: Well, um, I have been associated with a company called Dollar General. Yes. It's a company, Ray, that was founded as J.L. Turner and Son three months before I was born. And that company is largely my story, but okay. it's not that company, Ray. It's okay. the people okay. of that company.
0: All right. All right. So you'd almost have to like have lived under a rock to not know Dollar General, <laughs> but just for our audience, give us a little bit. It started by your grandfather and your father. Uh, walk us through the early days and then... What, what did the company become under your leadership? What, you, because you retired in 2003, is that correct? Retired's kind of a loose term, we'll talk about that. Yes. But just kind of walk us through just kind of some milestones in the company, uh, some history, scope, that kind of thing. Well, my
1: grandfather, Ray, only had a third grade education. And at the age of 11, he, met a real trauma head on. That is, his father was tragically killed in a freak Saturday afternoon accident, and he became the head of the family on a mortgage, living on a mortgage farm with three younger siblings, and it was up to him to achieve success for the whole family. And he indeed did that. He believed that that you needed to work hard, you needed to learn from others, and you needed to save something out of every check. (laughs) Save something. (laughs) And he brought my father into the business uh, when my father had more than a third grade education. And they they lived through uh, two depressions. And they saw the struggle of businesses at a very rough time in the history of our country. And they they had a deep love and respect for the farmers in rural America, because he had come off the farm. And him retailing was great, because it's a lot easier than farming, <laughs> but, but that was, that was their livelihood. And I knew my grandfather, we were buddies. And my dad used to take me to visit the stores with him. And it, they bored me to death because uh, it, it would, ineb- it might be in the summertime yeah. and I wanted to be outside playing, but I got to go to the store with my dad and yeah. listen to store talk. Yeah. Yeah. And at home, We, the four Turner kids, would pray for snow if my dad was overstocked on overshoes because if he didn't sell them, he couldn't pay off the bank again. Yeah, yeah. So, but it was a part of the total life of our family. And then when I came into the business at the age of 25, my dad said, Okay, son, I believe in you and I want you to run the company because the the, the management style that I've had is no longer relevant. This company's grown. Yeah. And I want you to figure out what to do with this company, and I'm behind you all the way. And here I was 25. Oh, my goodness. At that time, the company's sales were, I guess, about 125 million.
0: And, That's and a was, lot of money it in those days. It was amazing
1: that he, <laughs> that he he gotten it to that level. yeah. yeah. And the company um, had a heart for its struggling customers. And any company that understands its opportunity, and ours was to serve struggling people, Okay. and um, to learn from the customer and our employees that worked closely with the customers, understood the real world and the problems of our customers better than we did, we needed our employees. Life is about other people. It's about serving other yeah, people. Right. And if you're in business, you have a real opportunity to do it. And I, I discovered I was called into business. I wasn't called into the ministry. Um, I was called into the the ministry of life, which
0: you can explore in business. Yeah, no question. And so, coming into the business as a 25 year old, you said the company was, what, roughly 120 million ish, somewhere in there. Um, from that time until the time you uh, left the company in 2003, uh, you grew from 125 million to, what, one and a half billion, roughly? To about six and a half. To about six billion. and a half billion, I'm sorry. Yes, okay. All right, so that's quite explosive growth, and I'm I'm going to use a little sarcasm with you. When you come in as a 25 year old, you had it all figured out, right? Oh, you no. you you were you had the, the highest education. You had all the degrees and the experience. Well, I for... had more
1: education than anybody in our family, but but I had <laughs> but I in 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 all of my education, uh, I was amazed at how big. The whole world is, and how big this field of knowledge is, and that field of knowledge, and um, I somehow understood that I didn't. There were many things I didn't understand, yeah. and I needed a lot of people's help.
0: Yeah, yeah. So you came, and you were the the boss's son. Yeah. Uh, but you, you, you told who, who me
1: likes a boss. Yeah.
0: Yeah. You, you actually had an interesting term you shared with me, what the boss really means. Are you willing <laughs> said, to share that? I said nobody, nobody <laughs> likes a boss
1: cause boss spelled backwards is double S O B.
0: And that makes a boss's son a triple, doesn't it? <laughs> if he's the boss, yeah. Oh, that's good. So I, I want to go back and, and I want to talk because I know you're passionate about a couple of things and that's leadership and serving and you've talked about that that's your your company was about serving struggling uh, customers and so as you look back Cal over the course of your career what have you learned about leadership and what have you learned about serving others that would be important for our audience to understand today
1: well I would like to share with you what I'm still learning okay because the challenge of understanding leadership has, has been consuming for me because um, a leader is very different from a boss or a manager. Um, a boss or a manager may tell people what to do, um, and that's, that can be very helpful, but a leader tries to make a connection with people so that you understand each other and how you can help each other to pursue the best answer to whatever question. So a leader helps others to ask a better question. And then when a leader encourages others to come up with their answer. They will implement the heck out of their yeah. answer. Yeah. But he helps them to ask an even better question. By the way, he or she helps them yeah. to do that. To get to their own solution. I want to be, right. sur- be sure and say she, because I think I may have learned more about leadership from
0: women, anyhow. Yeah, yeah, precisely. And so um, you talked, uh, there's a story out there. About uh, sacred cows, <laughs> yeah. would you kind of walk us through that example? Because I think this is a, a terrific example of what happens when you can set the right kind of culture to where your leaders feel the freedom to speak up. Because this sounds to me like this was a defining or a major transition point for the company. Do you know? Do you understand the story I'm referring oh, to? Yes. Okay. Yes, Why don't you tell I us do. that.
1: Well, my leadership style was to poke fun at myself because. Everybody has a disregard of the boss's son. And I used to say, look, I admit that I'm over my head in my job. I've tried to do all the jobs that all of you do in this company, and I wasn't good at any of them. (laughs) So you are, and I respect you, and I know I need your help. So um, that's what we'll do together now. You know that this company has always had a leader whose first name was Cal. And as the boss's son, I know that there are some sacred cows around here. (laughs) And now while we're doing the strategic planning, I want you to know that you have my commitment that we together will slaughter any sacred cow this company. What are they? How did they become sacred? We'll examine that. You don't change something unless you understand why it became a sacred cow. But okay, what are some of the sacred cows that you think we ought to change? And one of them said, well, cow, I'll tell you one. You and your father are always quoting your grandfather, who said, if it's bought right, it's half sold. Well, yes, of course. What's wrong with that? He said, so look at all this half sold inventory we're stuck (laughs) with. All this half sold inventory. We need to start working on the other half. The other half? He said, yes, your father is the great buyer and he pushes everything he buys out to the stores. And we've got buyer push in Dollar General. What we need now is customer pull. What does the customer need? What do we need to have in stock every day for our customer Mm -hmm. so that we help them to get by in life? So, maybe as a retailer, we shouldn't be so creative about the latest style. Maybe we should always be in stock on toilet paper. Well, with that one change, the company really undertook a long term journey of discovery of how to change yeah. the business. Yeah. And my my loving father supported us as we did a 180 degree change from his business model yeah yeah that, that's amazing. that tells you something
0: about the kind of father yes. that I am that's right that's right well and I think you know for anyone listening to this conversation there's a great lesson there is we all have to be willing to examine those things that maybe they've been critical they've been important to us and they've been foundational to our success. But we have to be willing to let go of some things if it's no longer relevant, if it's no longer the best business model. We think about companies like Amazon, right, and how it's transformed and disrupted business, every sort of business. And so you have to be willing to make those kinds of adjustments. So uh, I'd like to transition a little bit and talk about your faith. Would that be all right? Because I know that's really what we're about here at Bottom Line Faith is that intersection of business and faith. How, how was it that you came into a relationship with Christ? <clears throat>
1: Well, I can't really say that I came to that. But at the age of 11, I was brought into that. I was uh, an 11-year-old lad on a Sunday summer evening, waiting after our youth fellowship meeting in our church to be picked up by my parents. And it was a small town quiet, a nice breeze, (laughs) and the tune and the message of the old rugged cross came over me, and I received a sense of awe that while Christ had gone to Calvary for everyone, he had specifically done it. What does that mean well I'm still asking mm-hmm. Ray what does that mean yeah yeah but but that put a stamp on me that that continues to define who I am yeah. as I asked that question but it also put me on notice that I had my cross to carry too.
0: yeah yeah absolutely in those early days, what role did your faith play in your leadership? And then over the course of your work and your career, how did you grow in your faith and how you lived it out in your leadership?
1: Well, there's there's something about hard work that helped me to, to hone my faith because um, the successes and failures in the kind of business we operated were very apparent um, it, it seemed to me that that the boss's son made, made pretty bad mistakes and uh, <clears throat> my faith is about receiving gratefully the forgiveness that is mine through Calvary yeah. and It was pretty obvious from the quality of my work how much forgiveness i needed (laughs) so (laughs) there's something about the doing of life the messiness of life that that can can help you to have your faith defined and uh, it is my relationship with my lord that has has defined the leadership agenda of myself and therefore of the company which I had the opportunity
0: to be a part of. Yeah. Can you think of a time when um, your faith in business, your faith was particularly challenged where a crisis of faith or where, okay, I've got this really difficult business decision and how does my faith apply? Does anything come to mind? It
1: does indeed. Ray, it was a family business. We became a public company in 1968. And at the age of 28, I was responsible for this public company. And we did have the success of growth. And then the company got to a point where it had overexpanded and was actually on the verge of chapter 11.
0: This is three years into your leadership.
1: Oh, well, three years into my leadership, the company went public and then we had okay. we had yeah. success. When, when I brought the management team in to strategic planning, I said, look, I said, look, daddy, um, there's a door closed to everybody else in management. It says Turner on it. And you only come behind this door if your name is Turner with strategic planning, we're gonna open that door to everyone and they'll come into the planning. And that's when we challenged the sacred cows. Okay, okay. And, and the company got going and we had success. But then we got a little full of ourselves. Success can do that to you. Yeah. And the company was in trouble. And as a public company Our performance suddenly went to the dogs when we had done two back-to-back acquisitions that were too much for us to take on. And the CEO and the COO couldn't agree on the change to be undertaken at a time we had to change if we were going to survive. Now the CEO was the older brother and the COO was the younger brother. And it was a family business. And I, I had the most heart-rending decision of my life, whether to fire my brother. Oh, wow. Yeah. And I knew the family would be torn apart and the company. I am the vine and my father is the vine dresser. That which is dead he cuts away. That which is fruitful he prunes for more fruit. That's John, 15th chapter John. And I discovered that one brother had to be cut away hmm. and the other one had to be pruned. Both had to go through pain, real pain. It was It was not the fault of either. It was just that we yeah. couldn't get a decision for leadership at a time we had to have leadership in the company. And I was ticked off at God, right? And I let him know that. Yeah. But, and I think God wants integrity in our prayer. He wants us, he wants us to come to him with what we really think and feel. And the challenge yeah. is really ours. But, but he got me through that, and that that redefined the company, and the success really emerged
0: from that decision, okay. which was hard, hard, hard to make. Yeah, and and I, I can only imagine, I'm just listening, to that. I didn't know that part of the story, and that's, that's incredible, because I, I do know that the dynamics of family business can be excruciating. They can be exhilarating and also excruciating. So as you began to process and work your way through that, um, what happened with the family dynamic? Well,
1: um, it it was really really hard for everybody. Um, the, the the decision required six to eight months to to make because we had to do a lot of processing yeah. as a family. Yeah. I immediately went to my father and to my brother with my dilemma. And um, I think they were all praying I'd get over it. <laughs> you know, we, I don't know if we always pray for the right thing. Yeah. And, and that's why thy will be done is supposed to be part. yet um, our family, which had the bonding of love, yeah yeah has has overcome yes we still feel that there is the scar yeah of course of course but um but your scars can be redeemed yeah that's right in christ
0: well and 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 candidly cal that's why when we talk about here at bottom line faith we use this phrase eternal business real life there's this tension there's always this tension of trying to be about our father's business and yet we're we're on earth right now and so we've got responsibilities we've got stewardship we in case of business ownership you got payroll you got all these things there is that ongoing tension that's always there so as you what lesson did you come away with more than anything else in that very difficult season what lesson did you come away with with the story you just shared well, I
1: learned that at your time of greatest need, at your point of greatest need, Christ is the answer. If you feel that you don't have the answer, you're probably blessed. Sure. And, and, Usually, when a leader is in a real traumatic situation, he or she doesn't have the answer. That positions you yeah. to get a better answer, which always comes from the real CEO, mm. yeah.
0: the real CEO. Yeah. Well, Cal, what we want to do here at Bottom Line Faith, is we want to be an encouragement. You know? So there's somebody listening to this conversation right now maybe they're watching it online, what have you, and they're 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 in a family business. Maybe they started it, maybe they've taken it over, maybe they're a sibling in the business, but, but there's something going on. And there usually is something going on in a family business, <laughs> yes, right? Yes, there is, right. So what word of encouragement would you have for someone who's <laughs> hearing this conversation and they've been very discouraged, they've been very frustrated that there's something going on in that family business and they can't break through, they can't, get solution, they can't get clarity, what word of encouragement would you have for them?
1: Well, my times of loss, pain, and confusion have been my times of greatest blessing. I'm now almost 80, and as I look back on life, I'm more thankful for those times because they honed my partnership with my Lord. Mm. And, and those times taught me, again, that I don't have the right answer. I don't have it. And you're blessed to know that <laughs> and, to do, and to let God help something to happen. Yeah. And guess what? You need everybody else around you. And the family that may be in turmoil may also
0: be your greatest asset. What I hear in this is there's actually freedom in not having the answer because it can cause us to turn to the one who does. Yeah. There's freedom and hell. <laughs> That's, <laughs> That's honest. <and> seem, <laughs> that I love seem, it. seem to come together. <laughs>
1: <laughs> I love it. That's honest. I've, I've often wondered how many times God might regret, regret that he gave us free will. <laughs>
0: you know, That's right. And
1: sometimes I regret that I received
0: it. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's a tough season you just told us about, and you've been through difficult times not only in business, but you're in the midst of a fresh tough season in your life. Tell us about a recent development for you. Um, after 50 years of,
1: of marriage, um, I lost my lifetime sweetheart about three weeks ago, and um, that. That was um, a unique experience. And everybody who goes through that is going through an experience unlike anybody else's. When somebody says, I know what you're going through, no, nobody knows what you're going through. But I can tell you that in the unexpected, death in her sleep of my wife I felt a peacefulness that can only come from our Lord I can't explain it it was not mine to achieve but God did it for me And I found that every prayer of mine uh, in the aftermath of her death began with the same two words. Thank you. Wow. Thank you, Lord, for those years we had together. Thank you for the needed and added dimension to my life, brought by her, and she was your agent
0: mm. to me. Yeah,
1: and, and I thank you for her life.
0: Yeah, there's something really special that you're wearing today, and uh, I apologize if you're listening to this and you can't see this. If you're watching this, you will be able to see this. You have something special right there in your your pocket as it relates to Margaret. First time I've worn this. Tell us about that, I love (laughs) this, tell us about this. I was
1: up in Scottsville, Kentucky with my dad and he gave me, he proudly gave me these embroidered handkerchiefs, HCT, that's his initial and mine. And he said, now son, I'm giving these to you, you know I've cherished these. And I brought them home and I said, look Margaret, what I get to wear. And she said, nope, you don't, (laughs) we're gonna preserve those we're going to frame them. And they've been beautifully framed in my office. But after her death, I thought, ah, now I can wear them. <laughs> <laughs>
0: so and, those were framed for how many years? Well, golly,
1: I guess they were framed for um, 30 years. 30 years. And and <laughs> it, it was a beautiful display. And, and um, I don't I don't display them as well as that frame did,
0: but, but I wear it's beautiful. them wear them with pride. Well and
1: I feel that I'm wearing them with her blessing also. I
0: believe you are and, and I just I'm humbled and I'm grateful <laughs> that you broke that out for our interview today. And that that's pretty special that we get that here at Bottom Line Faith. Uh, Cal, as we kind of transition, first of all, thank you for our time together today. What what a delight! Thank you, right. What a delight. Being with you is a joy. Well, that's kind. You're all right. You're, I think <laughs> I think you're going to make it. Am I going to make it? <laughs> Y'all heard that? Yeah. my regular listeners and viewers here at Bottom Line Faith, Cal Junior said, "I'm going to make it." That's awesome. <laughs> yes. Um, I'd like to transition. Kind of the last section of our conversation today is what I like to call my advice and insights questions. Um, What I'd like you to do is I'd like you to, um, if you had the chance to sit across the table from the 20-year-old Cal Jr., you're sitting across the table, you're 79 now, but you have a chance to talk to the 20-year-old Cal, what would you say? I'd say, Cal,
1: whatever it is that needs fixing, you can't do it accept that you can't fix it but you can help others to define the right fix that comes from the real CEO because what we need today is not what we can come up with but what God would empower
0: us to gather to come up with. Wow. That's so good. That's so good. And uh, Did you struggle, like I think I who and most of us as young people, to figure we can fix stuff? <laughs> oh, yeah. Did you yeah. struggle with that? Oh, I thought I, thought I could, <laughs> at, at 20 look out, I could do anything. Yeah, the whole world's yours, right? Yeah. I, I was talking with my daughter the other day and, and she said, Dad, I'm 53, she says, what are you learning now? I thought that was a pretty good question. She's a sophomore in high school. And I said, you know what I'm learning? I'm learning that I don't know much. (laughs) The older I get, the more I realize, the less I know. It's a great lesson. And I'm still learning that too. And so so that's what you would advise your 20 year old self. Well, Cal, I'd I'd like to ask it if you had the chance to, you know, if you look back over the entirety of your career, your life, your work, what have you, if there were one thing that you could go back and maybe do differently or get a chance to do over again? Does anything come to mind? What would you do? Ray, I remember
1: my dad coming into my office um, after my younger brother, seven-year younger brother, uh, had finished uh, uh, college and he'd finished his military service. He said well it's time for steve to come into the business what should he do i should have had us to ask a different question Hmm. what does steve really want to do daddy let's be sure that we're doing also what steve wants to do because all the while of our growing up he would say Junior, you decide what you're going to do, and I'll know what I'm not going to do. Because if you're going into business, I'm not going into business because you're never going to be my boss. (laughs) Okay. I wasn't a great older brother, I admit. Yeah. Yeah. And he said, you're not going to be my boss. So I should have said, what does Steve want to do? Steve really wanted to be a lawyer. And my dad would have none of that. But I really, if that real trauma for our family and the company could perhaps have been averted, and yet that trauma helped the company to
0: redefine itself. Sure. God still allowed it to to work to his glory. Isn't
1: it wonderful how he works through all of our mistakes? Yes. All of our mistakes he can um, empower
0: for his greater kingdom work. Yeah, that's right. So, Cal, just just um, thank you for being our guest today on Bottom Line Faith. Thank you. What, what an honor it is to have the chance to get to know you and speak with you. So just a couple more questions. Uh, first one's pretty straightforward. What's your favorite Bible verse or passage?
1: 12th chapter of Romans. I appeal to you, therefore, brethren, that you let your bodies be a living sacrifice. Don't be conformed to this world but be transformed by the renewing of your mind that you may prove what is the good and perfect will of God. It's, life is about discerning how to sacrifice and not be conformed to the world. The world is trying to mold you and me into its depraved form. But, thanks be to God, we can overcome that by pursuing that sacrificial reconfirming of who we are. Don't let your mind be transformed. There is, there is much more to life and to you than you may presently know. Always look for that. Look for that greater opportunity that you're in the midst of,
0: but mm-hmm. you're not smart enough to tune into. That's great. That's great. And you you don't have to fix it either. Like no, you already, don't have to. Fix. Like we already talked about. <laughs> Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank Thank that's you, right. Lord. That's right. Well, Cal, the last question that I ask every one of my guests here at Bottom Line Faith. I call it my 423 question and it's based out of Proverbs chapter 4 verse 23 where Solomon writes these famous words above all else guard your heart for from it flows all of life. And so what I'd like to do is I'd like to kind of get your version of above all else. So would you fill in the blank? This is like the one thing you want to leave our audience with. This is the most important thing that you'd like to pass along. Above all else Above all else, God is
1: love and your greatest opportunity is pursuit of that love. God is love
0: and you can be also. Cal Turner Junior, thank you for being our guests at bottom line faith.
1: Thank you so much. A great God bless you, Ray. Or
0: God continue God to continue. bless I'm going to make you, it though. You told me. Yeah. I'm sorry. You're going to make it. I'm going to make it. Listen, folks. That's what we're about here at Bottom Line Faith is interviewing amazing leaders like Cal Turner Jr. And we we heard a little bit of his story today about uh, how God raised him uh, through the leadership at the company at uh, Dollar General and and the family dynamics and his faith and even the the, the tragedy recently of the loss of his own bride of 50 years, Margaret, and yet God is still not done with him yet. God's still got big things for him and God's got big things for you. We hope that this conversation today has been an encouragement to you. Thank you for being our guest here at Bottom Line Faith. Thank you for supporting the program. And until next time, I am your host, Ray Hilbert, encouraging you to live out your faith every day in the marketplace. See you next time. Bottom Line Faith is brought to you by Truth at Work. If you'd like to hear about new episodes or listen to past episodes, visit us online at bottomlinefaith.org. You can also subscribe to the show through Google Play and iTunes.